Hey podcast, welcome back. My name is Jasmine Wonders. I am one of your co-hosts along with RJ Rome. Before we jump straight into the episode, I want to take a second to say thank you for being here. And if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe, leave us a comment on social with your thoughts. And now to the episode. Married to My Writing. We have Kristen Morgan with us today. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yes. Um, for those of you that don't know me, um, I'm a contemporary romance author. Um, published my first uh, book, Behind the Glass, um, initially in 2014, but it's been re-released in uh, 2020, just in February, with a, a small press publisher. And um, I'm, uh, I'm an architect in my real everyday life, married and live in Connecticut with two kids, two teenagers. Uh, so writing is definitely um, sort of a hobby turned second career for me. And uh, that's, that's pretty much me. <laughs> so I've actually read your book, Behind the Glass. So I read the first edition. Oh, awesome. That's like, right. Yep. Yeah, so... Um, I compared it to, I could see it being a Hallmark movie, and I'm, I'm obsessed with Hallmark, so there's no negative um, to that, <laughs> but um, what was it like re-releasing it with the publisher? Because I know the second edition, like you said, is just released in 2020. Yes. Did they make you change things? Um, not, not really. Um, I have to say, uh, I had looked around for a while for um, sort of the right fit, the right publisher that um, that might want to, because I've heard stories of people who have published a previously released work, and then they had to change all these things, and I was a little uncomfortable with that, so I wanted to find someone who wanted to improve upon it, but not necessarily change it, and that's basically what we did. We didn't change anything um, about the storyline, anything like that, but we did add some parts. Um, okay. We ended up adding quite a a bit to a couple of chapters just to sort of uh, fill in some things that maybe I wanted to do originally but didn't. And we added a prologue that sort of sets up the character a little tiny bit more. Um, So all in all, it ended up being about an additional little over 2,000 words, um, something like that. So um, we didn't, you know, we went through like a full edit, but we didn't really change anything. And it's funny because, you know, you think, well, it's already, I hired a professional editor. It, what could we have possibly missed? Um, but there were, you know, a few little things that, you know, you just word something differently or you maybe take a sentence out or just something really small and it really improves it. So I was all for just making it the best it possibly could be. Um, and it was also fun to just get another set of fresh eyes on it to, you know, get more feedback and, you know, um, that was actually kind of fun and kind of, we were kind of under a deadline. So it was like kind of a fun, um, just, I don't know, rush, I guess, you know. Do you think that. you work better under deadlines? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I, uh, I have to manage my time, um, in my job. Right. So, you know, I've got deadlines and things like that. And I definitely think that, uh, pushing the envelope for me definitely helps with my creativity. Like it just, I don't know, it unleashes it. Um, for whatever reason, I think if I'm left to my own devices of just writing a book, I tend to really lag, which is what I've been doing. But then again, our world is completely upside down at the moment. Yeah, exactly. 
I'm not, I'm not putting too much pressure on myself. I had like goals for the next books that I'm writing and I'm just kind of relaxing on that, you know, I'll get it done as soon as I can. So, but the whole process of, uh, publishing with a small press was actually amazing. It was really good. I, I can't really say anything bad about it. I think I had a lot of, um, not necessarily anxieties, but like, I wasn't sure, you know, if they were going to want to change the cover, change stuff inside, you know, all of that. And they really were very supportive. They were like, you know, you have a good book here. You have a good following. You have, you know, we don't really want to mess with it. We, we want to just keep it, keep the momentum going. So that was the best that. That's positive news. Definitely. What went into that pitching process? Um, it was, uh, it was kind of funny. Um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go with, you know, a publisher or small press or anything like that, because I had been Mm self-published for, uh, about six years before that. Right. But it's, as you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of research. You don't always know if you're doing the right things, you know, all of those things. So I finally just, you know, stopped wavering, you know, I just went, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to, you know, pitch the best way that I possibly can. Um, I had queried God years before with no luck. Um, there's a lot of, you know, rejection, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, uh, I really did my research. I think when I pitched the first time, I really didn't know what I was doing. I think I probably pitched the wrong publishing houses. Um, I just really focused on, you know, small presses, but also, um, romance based publishers, mm-hmm. you know, that definitely focused on that genre. I did query to a couple that had multiple genres, but I found that if I was a little bit more specific, I was a little bit more successful uh, with the genre. So, yeah, I probably pitched to, um, I don't know, I have a list, maybe like 10 to 12 different, I mean, varying publishing houses. Um, A couple of the bigger ones, you know, just because, just for fun, honestly. Mm. Um, And then a lot of smaller press, uh, there was a local one, um, local to my area, sort of, you know, a, a mix. And I actually got a lot of really, really positive um, feedback. Uh, a lot of publishing um, houses were saying that they really liked my writing or they really liked the book, you know, but a lot of them would not publish previously released work, which, mm-hmm. you know, some do, some don't, which right. I, I honestly don't like if I were a publishing house I would not have that um policy only because if you've already got a successful book why not you know jump on the train and keep going with it you know do exactly what my publishing house did basically but there were a lot that were like you know we can't um we can't publish this book because it's already been out but if you ever have another book please pitch it to us we'd be happy to to look at that so it wasn't like a total rejection um you know, at all. It was actually a really good process because I got some positive feedback and some people saying that they liked my book. So that kind of gave me a little bit more encouragement than the first time I pitched, for sure. (laughs) That's encouraging because I think when we, as writers, start out, we have such ideas of grandeur and we want to get to the big big firms right away. So um, that's good advice to start small and do research on each each publisher. Well, also, the, the main thing that um, is sort of important is if you find a, a small press or a publisher and they do multi-genre, 
you need to make sure that they're not super romance heavy because if they are, odds are you're you're going to be you know a very small percentage of the people they say yes to. If you go to a publishing house that is all romance, you might have a little bit better of a chance because that's all they do. You know, um, right. that have like subgenres and you know things like that. So it depends on your book. It depends on your genre. Um, you know, it's it's really uh, a lot of it is luck. But some of it is research, you know, and really, um, you know, and also in your your query letter, you know, make sure that you put something in there about, you know, that specific, you know, publishing house or, you know, just, I don't know, anything that, that would sort of inform them that you have actually done your research and this is why your book would be such a good fit. Um, so that's really, really important. I don't think I did that as much the first time. I think, you know, like you said, I was like, well, this is a publishing house that's awesome and I'm awesome. And (laughs) 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 you're really not, you're still on the high of, I just wrote a book and, you know, people liked it. You know what I mean? So you're right. And you also, you know, I've been um, doing this now. I've been learning about the the business, I guess, um, for a really long time. And I've done a lot of research. Um, I started writing seriously in like 2009 um published my first book in 2014 and got right after publishing got really overwhelmed because there's just so much to the you know the the business of beyond just writing your book that's hard enough but all of the marketing and all of the you know everything everything that goes into being an author and um everything in the literary world is there's just i feel like i'm still learning things um, when, so I kind of got a little intimidated and backed off of all of it for a little while. It was like I had a huge success in 2014 and then kind of was not sure what to do at that point. You know, it was like I finally self-published my book, but now what? I think uh, we've all had moments like that. Yeah, yeah. You're Because you don't really, I have to say, most people that I know that are writers, um, you know, authors, they really kind of, they don't get into um the publishing business or you know the the book business or author business at all for um all of the other things that go beyond writing they just like writing they just like they have stories in their head they want to write they want to put it out there sometimes they're just doing it for themselves they're not really thinking about okay i'm gonna write this book and i'm gonna get all these reviews and i'm gonna you know market it this way and i'm gonna do it we're not thinking about right. that. It's like a, it's like a business. You have to run it like yeah, a Yeah, we're not thinking about the business side of it. We're just thinking about, you know, can I actually get this whole book, you know, written and will it be good? That's like our biggest concern, um, right. honestly. So all of the other things were so intimidating to me. I think that's probably why it took me so long to kind of, you know, really get momentum going. And, you know, um, right now I'm, I'm doing really well. Um, I'm really figuring out, you know, all of the marketing. And um, and I will say that um, for anybody out there who has not been um, published by a publishing house or a small press and you're doing everything on your own and you're thinking, well, well you know, if I get published, I don't have to do any of that anymore. Um, unfortunately, that is so not true. In this day and age, <clears throat> the publisher will do a lot for you. Don't get me wrong. But in this day and age, you really still have to um, market yourself. You have to, people like that personal touch. They like, you know, knowing that you're the one, you know, behind all of the marketing and you're the one on your Instagram and you're the one, you know, um, kind of personalizing everything um, having to do with your book. If a publishing house is doing that, there's definitely a difference. People don't respond to it as much. 
Um, and a lot of publishing houses have figured this out, which is why they only have a very small budget for marketing. You know, they, they will definitely help you with distribution. They'll help you with getting, you know, your book to a wider audience for sure. Um, you know, and they will do some marketing for you, but they ultimately will still be leading at you to do a lot of the stuff yourself, even looking for, you know, book contests or awards or interviews or, um, book signings, you know, all of that, you still really have to be proactive. Um, my small press is actually in the UK, they're in London, so they're not going to be signing me up for book signings, you know, in London, I obviously can't go there. So I will look around, you know, my area. And I clear everything, you know, through them and everything, but I still sort of need to do that legwork. So um, in some ways, it's a little disappointing for people, I think, because they are thinking, oh, I just want to get published just so I can focus on writing and I don't have to do any of the rest of it. I think that was one of the biggest misconceptions for me um, when I was first yeah. starting out. I, I just wanted to hit the publishers. I thought they were going to do all the work and I was just going to sit back yeah. and write. And that is not how it works at all. Um, no. Jasmine's yeah. always on me for creating brand and yep. connecting with readers, and it's hard. It, it is hard to find your audience. It's hard to create brand, but yeah. I'm, it's good to know that someone published as yourself is going through the same struggles. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's understandable. Um, I know that, like, if I read something from, like, a big-name author, you know, I get their newsletter, for example, and I know that they wrote it. It's very different than if their publisher wrote it. You know, um, I do understand, you know, where that angle comes from, for sure, um, because we're in a really weird age. Like I when I got onto Instagram initially, um, I, I was very I was never somebody who like would get on Instagram and want to know about my favorite author. I was really more into their books or their work. I didn't care about them on a personal level. Right. But that's how most of the world works right now. We're super nosy. Exactly. <laughs> we want to know about everyone so when I first got on Instagram and really created a brand for myself I was really hesitant to like share personal information you know or even a picture of myself I was just like this is weird you know why do people care I just wrote a book you know and then started really you know um watching what other authors were doing and kind of emulating some of that and really paying attention to the ones that were you know doing well they have a really big following and you don't have to do that much Really, you don't have to reveal your whole life story, but if you can make it personal, even on a superficial level, you know, talk about your cat or your dog or, you know, your workout program or a meal or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, it really doesn't matter what it is. As long as you can connect with people and they think, you know, wow, this is, you know, this person wrote a book, but she's just like me. Right. You know, that is, believe it or not, gold. You know, people, people really respond to that. And I've actually now come to totally embrace it. I love it. I love connecting with people. I love, you know, I try to respond to every, you know, post, comment on every, you know, Instagram, Facebook, the whole thing. I now have a Facebook group that um, I'm having a lot of fun with. Um, I'm up to like over a thousand members now, you know, and I really, really love, I've met so many amazing people in the literary community and they're so supportive. Uh, they're amazingly supportive. Uh, you know, we're all out there kind of doing the same thing and most people, um, this is not their main career. I mean, eventually it might be, but a lot of people have a day job and this is their second career, you know, and everything. So we're all not, you know, we're all figuring it out together. We're all not experts by any means, you know, right. so to have that support, you know, out there, the people, um, you know, even, 
you know, just like little things. Like I'll, I'll ask people like, how do you get op readers? How do you, you know, how do you create that following? What's the street team? You know, all of those things, you know, that I, I really, um, I learned so much from the people, you know, that I've met just through social media. It's such an important tool. Um, it is. Honestly. Yeah. So. so when did you, when did you first realize that you wanted to be a writer? I know you said you wrote back in 2009, but yes, as, as an architect, I'm sure there's a whole creative process behind that. Do you think oh, yeah. you're, you're just creative? Well, it did actually go back to like my high school years. I was always very, uh, very much. I loved English. I loved writing. Um, I, uh, it's weird. I was very, very creative. I was very into art and, you know, drawing and all of those things, but I was also very into writing. And I, I definitely, I feel like I've always sort of had this duality to me. And when I went to, um, to college, uh, right when I was graduating, it was a really tough decision. Do I pursue English or architecture? You know, it was like, literally like I, it was really 50, 50, but I saw more of a future, more of a career in architecture. Uh, so I pursued that, um, got my architecture degree. I love being an architect. I own my own business. I wouldn't want to do anything else. It's amazing. Still, every single day, I love designing homes. I love working with people. I love that whole creative process. But I still, like, in in throughout my life, just sort of had that pull to I still want to write. Right. And um, when I was uh, – trying to think of when this was it was kind of like right after <clears throat> I graduated from uh, college and some of my first uh, jobs at firms I tended to be like the grammar person like I was always proofreading things for people I kind of always gravitated toward that and I was always um, the one that if there was any kind of like a writing type project sometimes we would do master plans where you have, there's a lot of writing it's like a whole book that goes along with you know with the project I was always kind of gravitating toward anything having to do with writing. It was just like, I just kept getting pulled and, um, and I read like crazy. Um, I love, um, I love thrillers more than romance. Sometimes, um, I love like Jack Grisham and, uh, Dan Brown and, you know, all of those. But then I also have the, you know, the weakness for the romance. So I have, you know, Nicholas Sparks and Marie Force and like all these other authors. And I read a lot and I was writing, but it was like not the kind of writing that I wanted to do. And, um, this one day, believe it or not, I'd already read all of the Twilight series. I saw an interview with Stephanie Meyer, and she said something like, you know, if you have that in you, if you just, you have to write, you just need to sit down and you just, you just do it. Because that's more or less what she did. And she was, at the time, just a stay-at-home mom, you know, and that was, you know, she had, a, obviously, an English background. But I kind of looked at her like, what am I waiting for? Like, why, why am I not doing this thing? You know, it was just... It like, uh, I don't know, I just saw that interview and it was almost like a light went off. And I was like, you know what? Nothing's stopping me. I should just do this. And I had sure. written, I had written like a couple of children's books um, prior to that. And a few like little stories and little short stories and things like that, but nothing like a book. And this book had been something that was sort of in my mind, but it wasn't necessarily like, I didn't have the whole book from start to finish uh, ready you know, to write, I just had scenes, I had, you know, things outlined, but, you know, I had a general idea of what I wanted to do, but it wasn't like, I'm going to sit down and this is, you know, this is how it's going to go. I just sat down one day and just started writing. And I didn't really think about like, this is going to be a book one day. It was more or less something that fulfilled me. And it was really just for me. 
And um, there's a Toni Morrison uh, quote that says, you know, um, if there's a book out there that you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, you must write it. And literally, that's just what I did. I was like, this is the book that I want to read. So I'm just going to write it. And who cares what happens? You know, if somebody else likes it, great. Um, but I, I almost had to get that writing bug that I'd had since high school out of my system. And I just, you know, whenever I had free time, I would just write. And it was it was hard because I have I have two kids. I have a, a you know a business that I run myself. Um, I have a lot of stuff going on, so I couldn't I couldn't really dedicate you know full time to it. But I did it enough to where over <clears throat> the course of about five years, um, I wrote the book. I had it professionally edited. I'd had you know I guess you could call them beta readers. I didn't know what they were at the time. I had a few friends and family members read it, give me good feedback. And finally, um, you know, self-published it. And for me, that was like, that was almost the end of the of the journey for me. I didn't think it was going to go beyond that. And then I got like incredible reviews and I got people telling me what a great book it was. And I, I just was like, oh, this thing that I was, it was just a hobby ended up being really good. <laughs> you know, was like, I was <laughs> totally blown away. I was like, this is amazing, you know, and, um, and I do really, you know, I don't realize it, but I do really analyze um I'll watch a movie and I'll analyze the writing. I'll analyze the story and everything. And I think that you do become a good writer if you read a book and you're really thinking about it. And I think, you know, it's it's not something that you can fake. Like, I think that you're either a good storyteller or, you know, or you're not because you're, you're picking up on things and you're learning and you're, you know, you're kind of um, figuring out how you want to tell your own story. Like, everything kind of clicked. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, this this thing that's been pulling me for so long, you know, I just, one day I was like, why can't I do both? Why can't I be an architect and an author? (laughs) Yeah, of course. So so that's kind of how everything started, basically. Is your writing style sort of inspired by all the authors you've read? It definitely is. It's weird. I didn't realize it was. You know, when you're just sort of writing and you have your own voice and you have your own, you know, your way of telling stories... I didn't realize <clears throat> that my voice, I thought it was just me, was so much like um, authors that I had read. Mm-hmm. I have had probably four or five people since my book has been out compare me, which is a huge compliment, compare me in my writing to Nicholas Sparks. And he's one of my favorite authors in the world. Wow, I've read amazing. like every book he's ever, he's ever uh, written. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that I was trying to emulate him or anything like that. But it definitely influences how you write. And I've had other people, it's funny that you said the Hallmark thing. I've had so many people say that, too, that it was like kind of like a Hallmark movie. And, of course, I love those, too. And it's weird how your influences, even though you're not meaning to, you know, emulate that, it's so part of you that that's sort of how it happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are even people, um, my daughters ask me a lot, like, do you base any of your, because they both write, like, do you base any of your characters off of people in real life? And my initial answer has always been no. They're all made up in my head. I don't I don't base them on people in real life. But as I kind of like later on after I've already written the character and I, I kind of go back and, and look at it, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I can see this person and that person and this person and this character. And like you're totally influenced by things that you've experienced, whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a couple of characters in my book that, People have even said, hey, that kind of reminds me of this friend of mine, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a friend like that, too. And I'm like, oh, wait, I wrote that character. And I have <laughs> it's like you don't even, it's like almost subconscious. You're not really 
you know, meaning to do some of this stuff. It's it's really strange. So it's not like I mean to write like Nicholas Parks or, you know, anything like that. It just, it's almost like osmosis, you know what I mean? You just, right. um, I, I think that, and also like if I, if I were to ever write like a thriller or a law drama or anything like that, I'd probably end up sounding a lot like, you know, John Grisham or Dan Brown or, you know, Michael Crichton or any of those that, you know, I, I've been reading my whole life. So um, it's really weird how that kind of just, I don't know, it evolves naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cool. And also I've read authors that I read them and I'm like, oh, this author reminds me of this author. And then you find out that that's their greatest influence or that's their, you know, they're, they're a huge fan of whatever author you feel like they sound like. So it's definitely not something that you can um, control sometimes, I guess. Right. Well, they say imitation is like one of the greatest forms of a compliment you can give. So I'm on board with that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I remember the first time I got an interview and they actually said Nicholas Sparks. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's like mind blowing. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh my God. So yeah, I was a little like, you know, floating on air for the day for that one. I was like, oh my God, you know, cause that to me is a huge compliment. I've always, um, really, you know, regarded his work, you know, way, way up there. He's just, he's so good at storytelling and, you know, um, character building and all of that. And I learned a lot from reading his books. Um, you know, cause he was sort of the one, I will say that I've never, um, yeah, I was, I was never really into romance um believe it or not being a romance author it's kind of weird when i was younger um back i'm gonna date myself now but back <laughs> when i was growing up like in uh, middle school and high school i did read romance novels but they were by uh, sydney sheldon i don't know if you remember that author at all back in like the 80s um he was really really big in the 80s kind of like a danielle Steele. Um, and I read tons of Sidney Sheldon and Daniel Steele and all these other, you know, kind of authors, but those weren't necessarily like, I never really considered romance novels like serious reading. I was just like, that was just fun. Right. And I read a lot of the thrillers and I also have read a lot of other, you know, really beautiful literary things like The Help and, um, The Bridges of Madison County and, you know, um, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil and like all of those, like there's a lot of other books out there that I've, I've been, you know totally drawn to but then I started reading uh Nicholas Sparks I think I don't remember what the first book was that I read of his and he was kind of the first author that brought me back into romance again I think that's probably why he's my favorite and then I just got obsessed again with romance and I started reading every you know author I love Marie Force she's one of my favorites a few others, I just started, you know, it was like I, I got this addiction again. And then, of course, you know, the Twilight books came out, and I got completely, you know, involved in those. And then, you know, I was also reading, like, you know, Hunger Games and, you know, Divergent and Harry Potter and, you know, all, I mean, all of the trendy things that were coming <laughs> those, through. Those are all Jasmine's books. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, you just, you get all that and everything. So it was like all of that really kind of sparked, re-sparked, I guess, my, my love for, you know, reading and writing and all of that. And I guess I just kept gravitating when I was thinking of stories toward romance because it was comfortable. (laughs) You know, it was like that. I think I would be totally intimidated to write like a fantasy novel or, um, you know, a thriller, or I don't think I'm clever enough to come up with a good storyline because I'm always like so surprised when I'm reading, you know, things that have, you know, plot twists and everything. I'm like, I could never do that. I don't think I'm that, you know, I don't think I'm that good. Um, maybe one day, I don't know. 
but um but i definitely like i'm totally embracing romance now romance is so much fun um i love i love also just relationships i love um, dialogue between characters i love getting to know people um and i think that a romance is a really good way of doing that i'm not saying that you can't do that in other genres but i think that it's just a little bit more intimate maybe what you it's got to be what you connect with on a personal level absolutely absolutely um so yeah so i just i really started gravitating toward romance now it's interesting because i'm now starting to gravitate toward another uh genre right now i'm actually writing two different books at the same time um behind the glass is the first uh book in a series um it's a standalone um series but it takes place in the same world so i'm doing another contemporary romance that's um going to be sort of the second book in that series for um uh, for contemporary romance, but then I'm also doing another book uh, right now that's in like more the chick lit um, okay. genre, and a little bit more like kind of think like Sex in the City, like that kind right. of like girlfriends, girl bonding, you know, all that stuff. And I think that's um, like kind of disappeared off the radar. It has. Uh, it's it, weird. Yeah, like it just um, like you know, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and like all these different like fun things i'm not sure what happened to all of them um there i used to love reading you know things like that but this sort of was born out of um an idea that i had um from a friend and it's really about um i have a few friends that are single and um it's really just born out of all of her crazy crazy dating stories (laughs) like real stories of real people Uh (laughs) really happen and it just it makes your jaw drop and she she and a few other friends of mine used to have these these stories and you would just be like that that can't be real you know that that's just just, (laughs) that's that's a nightmare (laughs) yeah exactly but you know she was saying wouldn't it be funny um she's read my book and she's very supportive she's like wouldn't it be funny to put all of these stories in a book you know I didn't really know how that was gonna work and I was like yeah that would be that would be awesome but then I started the more that that seed was planted the more I started thinking about it and it's basically going to be just a light a really really light book um i don't want it to be heavy i just want it to be you know funny and i want it to be hopeful too but i want it to be more around like centering around girlfriends they're all going to be basically coming and having brunch and telling these stories and kind of it's a lot about like female bonding you know and all of that stuff and and there's an actual storyline that goes along with it as well but um it's a fun exercise for me because it's so different from the contemporary kind of you know angsty romance that i i write you know um in my other book so it's fun to kind of get the creative juices flowing and go back and forth between the two um because one is a little bit more lighthearted and it's a little bit you know comical and then the other one's you know a little bit more serious so it's um i never thought i'd be able to like actually have two projects going at once but it's been fun to kind of go back and forth it, i think one actually helps the other you know in terms of just writing because i can switch gears and i can you know if I'm not in a serious mood, then I can, you know, write a little bit of the the lighter one. If I'm not, you know, in a light mood and I just want to get really deep and, you know, not angsty. I don't want to say that, but, you know, I want to be more emotional and, you know, everything else. I'll go to the romance, so. All right, I want to go back. You said before how, as a author, you have to do a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. So what is the best thing you've spent money-wise as a writer? Well, overall... I would say, like, the one thing that stands true, uh, no matter what, the one thing I've learned is if you write a book 
the one thing that you have to do is get it professionally edited. Whether that be, you know, paying a professional editor or finding someone who's really, really good at it. But at the end of the day, reviews are so important for your momentum going forward. And if you put a book out there that is just not edited and it's not, you know, you've got typos or you've got, you know, whatever, and you get a few bad reviews, people saying this wasn't even edited, you know, whatever, um, it will really, really hurt you. I haven't experienced that, but I know other people that, you know, have had this happen. And also, if you're going to pitch your manuscript to publishing houses and it's not professionally edited, they will just throw it right in the, in the slush pile. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually talked to my publisher about this. And um, they don't, a lot of publishing houses don't think that you're really taking it seriously if you're not having it professionally edited and you're not really trying to put together a quality product. And I, I, totally, um, I totally see that. I've seen people that have really bad reviews because it's not, you know, maybe it's like, it almost feels like it's a rough draft. You know, they haven't actually gone through and you don't necessarily have to get it developmentally edited, you know, all of that, but it has to at least, you know, um, it has to sound professional. It has to sound like a book that you could buy at Barnes and Noble, you know, that that's um, very, very important. So I'd say, you know, that, that investment of time, and um and money is worth so much like that i don't regret hiring a professional editor for one second um the other thing that i will say that is extremely important and you don't have to spend a ton of money on this is the cover design um people really do buy books based on their cover um you know you have to have something that's going to pull people in and you can you don't have to spend you know if you're an indie author you don't have to spend a ton of money on it a couple hundred dollars um but it is crucial like those two things the editing and you know the cover that will sell your book both of those things beyond that um you know just sort of learning how to market um it's not a bad idea to you know pay a little bit of money to take an online class um to kind of teach you how to do certain things um there's a lot to like knowing how to, you know, run sales, all the Amazon stuff, you know, there, there are some things out there that are kind of useless, but you know, if you can just maybe take a couple classes that will help you, you know, with marketing, with how to do it, I, I would say that's a huge, huge investment as well. I was really kind of flying blind for a while there and then, you know, took a couple of those classes and really started understanding how to do a lot of it. All right, so we have just a few minutes left. Anything else you want to share with us? Um, any other questions? I'm trying to think. I've said a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was all very good advice. So um, hopefully aspiring writers out there can uh, yeah. understand the process a little bit better now yeah. and, and go well, from one, there. Maybe one thing that I will say is um, I find that a lot of people um, will get a little bogged down in all of, you know, all of this, because it's a lot. But at the end of the day, you just, you can't lose sight of why you started and, you know, what you're doing. Um, You know, just really hold on to, you know, your dream, hold on to why you're writing. Um, You know, all of, all of the rest of it can really fall away. But if you start losing sight of that, if you start losing sight of, you know, why you wanted to start writing or what this book is about or, you know, whatever it is, Um, all the rest of it really doesn't matter. You know, you really, at the end of the day, you have to write a good, um, a good book that you're in love with, you know, and, um, and also don't let the, 
you know, the reviews get you down. Um, everybody has opinions. Uh, not everybody's right. You know, um, people will leave reviews just, you know, picking apart this and that, you know, but then you'll also have all these other reviews praising you. So try to focus on the positive and don't, you know, just don't lose sight. Um, I think that a lot of authors do that. Um, they, a lot of self doubt, a lot of, you know, should I keep doing this? And also just a lot of the, you know, I went through this, um, I wrote the book and then all the marketing stuff overwhelmed me so much that I kind of got stalled. I was just like, I don't know what, like you just stuck in the mud. You're just like, I don't know what to do now. That's really um, great advice. Yeah, you really, and the, the main thing is just to stay focused on why you started to do this in the first place, you know, and the rest of it will come. It, it just will, you know. Awesome. Um, most people start writing because they love it, and that love just needs to kind of carry you through all the stuff that isn't so great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. We had thank a lot of fun. You. Thanks so much. I had so much fun. It was nice to finally meet you. Yes, you too. Definitely. And hopefully we'll talk soon. Sounds good. If you made it this far, you survived another episode of Married to My Writing. Stay tuned for our next episode when we talk with indie author Mercy D. Simone. Until next time. <gasps>